0: Welcome back everyone, we're in a different location today, I know you're used to seeing different backgrounds but welcome back um, to all our listeners as well to another Black Create Connect podcast episode where we speak for some of the most accomplished, right, some of the most incredible, inspiration, inspirational entrepreneurs, um, creative directors, writers um, in, the, in the world actually because we're not limited to the UK. So I want everyone to welcome... Abraham Adiemi to the studio as well, who is a a multi-award-winning screenwriter, director, um, film writer as well, right? Yeah. Literally every type of writer in the (laughs) building. Welcome. Thank you. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Yeah. (laughs) I know. It's been a long time coming, this episode, though, isn't it? It has, yeah. Thank you for taking time out, because I know you're you're busy.
1: Thank you for wanting to have me.
0: Yeah. Thank you, man. Because I know you've been working on quite a few things. That we can get onto, yeah. um, but I just want to first of all say well done for all of your accomplishments so far. I've Thank listened you. and looked at some of your like accomplishments and work, and it's taken a lot of courage. It feels it, it feels like
1: yeah. Someone <laughs> and, described me as fearless recently. Someone who I just met, and um, we went for a drink or something, and mm. uh, a few days after we met, mm. and I was just talking about everything, and she goes, "You're really fearless, aren't you?" And I was like. Yeah, but it's not something I think about until because I I just read it as stupid. But <laughs> it's one in the same. It's, it's stupid if it doesn't work out and fearless if it does. So
0: why yeah. why did I say fearless? What what did you show them or tell them for them to think? I can't care?
1: remember what I told them, but I think my journey is lined with risks which would have potentially scared a lot of people into not taking a lot of the decisions I took.
0: Okay. You want to get into that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the well, the first, the biggest one is, or the kind of beginning, so to speak, is dropping out of university. I think that is one where people see it. Um, I remember I told her, I told her about how I'd gone to LA in twenty nineteen mm. for five weeks with only seven 700- hundred pounds or 600 something like that like that's all you had yeah that's all i had because a a friend invited me out and was just like you need to be here and so i think it's things like that where your average person would be held back potentially held back by fear and think oh how Mm. am i going to survive and it's not that i didn't think those things as well i thought how am i going to survive how am i going to do this but i'm very much someone who my instincts is i'll figure it out and Mm. i will be fine and it will all work out and Mm. yeah You're not a worry. you're kind of chilled. I'm sure there's a... I I worry every now and then, but I... You know, I remember there was a period in my life where this was before I was full-time writing and directing, and I was... I would often find myself worrying about how I was going to pay my rent and how I was going to pay my bills and stuff like that. And I remember one day I just had this epiphany when I was like, well, you've worried about this thing so many times yet yeah, there's never been a time when you've not paid your rent and bills on time. So why do you keep mm. worrying about it? Clearly through some way or another, things always work out. Mm. So yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm not a worrier, but I am I am someone who, who even in the face of worry or even in the face of fear, I'm still likely to take that risk and mm. just, Be like, yeah, let's do it and see what happens. What's the worst that could happen?
0: You just work it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, something I like to do with all my Mm -hmm. guests, um, before I get into what they're doing now and their accomplishments... Yeah. Because we're we're strangers, right? I like to get to know you a little bit. Cool. Do you know Speaking what I mean? Right just here. just a little bit. So what I do know is that you're from South London. If anyone doesn't yeah. know that, then <laughs> then I don't know if you're paying attention yeah, or not. Okay. Right, because, <laughs> because you represent South London in a lot of your work. So just to take it back, I like any guest to always take it back to a comfortable start of their life. So some people start from birth, some people start from 16, some people start from 10. But just give us a bit of history into who you were. Where were you raised? What was your upbringing like? Influences? Yeah. Share whatever you want to share. Uh, born in
1: 1991 um, in Lewisham Hospital, so South okay. London, um, to an 18-year-old woman, which I think is quite oh, important. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, I think that's very significant in my journey, in my life and in a lot of... I I see its influence consistently in different areas in my life that I was born to someone so young, um, born in Lewisham, raised in Woolwich. My all my earliest memories are in Woolwich. From like my earliest memories, probably three years old, and we were living in Woolwich from that point onwards. But just you, and your mum, me and my mum and my dad. Okay, yeah, me and my mum and my dad. Um, primary school, South London, <laughs> everything, South London. I went to went to a school called. Eglinton, okay. oh, I, I will tell a lie. I went to two schools. I went to Eglinton, then Plumcroft. Then I went, both of which were in Woolwich slash Plumstead.
0: What was you like as a as a child? A birdie told me
1: that you were misbehaved, but I don't know. Someone told you I was misbehaved.
0: <laughs> I don't know. If it's true or not.
1: <laughs> well, they were well, telling the truth. But I'm like, right. <laughs> I was I was chatty. I think that's the that's the number one thing. I was very talkative. Like my my school reports from. Pre- reception till forever all say the same thing very intelligent if only it stop talking if only stop distracting people but I was also I think I got away with a lot because I was intelligent like I, I say this to my younger sister I'm like mm. I remember when she'd like get in trouble in school for stuff and I'm like I hear it but also like can you just stay on top of your work because if you do that it's not as bad and yeah. I saw that as well in school like you'd see the kids who weren't doing well academically mm. and were also badly behaved. And that was just a hundred times worse. Whereas, yeah. yeah, I think there was, I can't even say it was hope, there's more than hope in the ones who are getting good grades. Mm. Um So yeah, I was always um, chatty but intelligent. I think I've always been aware that I was intelligent. Mm. Um But then I'd say that also secondary school was um, I wouldn't say humbling, but it was. I was put in an environment where I was around more intelligent people. In, with,
0: se- in secondary school? Yeah, I was Why? in a grammar school. Oh, you went to um, a grammar school. Yeah,
1: so as opposed to an environment where I was always one of the smartest in the classroom and, and whatnot, I was now in an environment where actually everyone was really smart. And mm. I mean, that worked for me, I loved that. But also, I think it played a significant part in me not and not in a negative way ever, but in me for so long, not realizing that I had a writing ability, because it's something that's come up a lot where people ask me like, yeah, did you always want to do this? Did you always know you were capable? Did you always think you were this? And I'm like, well, no, I didn't actually, because I was in a place where everyone was good at this. So there's nothing that makes you think you're particularly unique. Like I wasn't, in secondary school, I wasn't the best in class at English. I was good at English, but so was everyone else. So." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: Did you know you wanted to write when you was...
1: No, I've I. it never crossed my mind. I always wanted to be a lawyer growing up. That's what I always said I was going to do, like, from childhood. And I think there's always the misperception that it was something that was forced upon me. But actually, my mum was really... This comes back to what I was saying again about having a young mum. My mum mm. was really liberal. So mm. my mum... Well, I say liberal. She was liberal in certain aspects. So mm. she was always like, do what you want. I remember in year nine, when you choose your GCSE options and in my school, so you've got English, math, and science. Mm. Then you've got, it was a language college, so you had two compulsory languages, and then you pick three subjects, I wanna say. Oh no, and then you have PE and RS, which are also compulsory, and then you pick mm. three subjects of mm. your choice. Mm. And I chose business studies, music, and food technology. and. That shows you what my That's mum was like. My like, mum didn't care. Like I, like most of my friends were probably picking like geography or history or something serious. And I remember going to mum this one okay. And I, food technology as
0: well. Yeah, Who <laughs> tries food technology I for like, GCSE?
1: I loved what and me? still love cooking. Like I said it to your yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, I you I love did. cooking. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoy it. So um, and whereas like my friends might be saying to their parents, oh, I want to do art. Oh, I want to, and they're like, oh. no, you're you're not doing that. What, uh, what do you mean you're doing? I could have done anything I wanted to do, and my mom would have said yes because yeah. her thing has always been, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. Do
0: you know what I kind of I love my parents, yeah, but I wish they were kind of like that as well because mm. I remember when I chose um drama and dance, that was like mm. a double shot fire yeah. in my household. If my dad was going crazy, he was like, "Dance, we could do with dance, we could do with mm. drama." Like it was like the epitome of failure, choosing Mm -hmm. those subjects. So like where, I mean, with your mum kind of being like that and encouraging you, do you Mm. think it's had a massive impact on kind of your mentality and how you've shaped your career?
1: Yeah, 100%. I I would say that I think because I've always had such freedom to do what I wanted Mm. and also a trust as well, like I think, and I don't necessarily know if, if this was a good thing I think it was a good thing for me mm. but my mum didn't really worry about me like she just kind of always trusted in my that my instincts were correct and my decision was me- making was correct and the only time anything was a problem was when it was misbehavior in school so mm. instead, you know I I think in secondary school there was a period when I was getting into a lot of trouble and that was a concern for her but in terms of choices of what i wanted to do mm. it was always just yeah and, and i would say it massively has impacted me because if that's the way if that's the 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 conditions you've always operated and then even i mean i feel like i've been independent for a very long time but mm. even as an adult when you truly are independent you just continue in the same vein yeah
0: it's good that, you're, that, that you are like that. I, I do wonder that um, when you were younger and you wanted to be a lawyer, like yeah. who influenced you? Did you see like many older black lawyers or barristers that were killing it? Like what influenced you to want to do that?
1: Um, I liked arguing. That was it. <laughs> that was literally <laughs> the basis of why I wanted to do this job. That okay, I liked arguing and, and, and so, you know, the concept I had of a lawyer then was someone arguing and trying to prove their point and prove that they're right. And yeah, that, that made sense to me. And, and also it was very, my understanding of it as a child robber is it also it was very academia led. Mm. I was very academic. I always enjoyed studying. Like I've always enjoyed school. You never had to force me to do my homework or mm. anything like that. I was never the kid who got in trouble because he wasn't doing work in class if I wasn't doing work it's because I was talking but mm. the work would still be done so yeah that I think it wasn't because of anyone I saw like I don't I, I don't feel like that has ever been who I am and I, as someone who massively sees the importance of representation and how important it is to be able to see something to believe you can do it and whatnot like mm. I believe in it so much but I don't think it bothered me like I I I, I'm just so much more simply minded in that if anyone can do something, I also feel. Like I always tell people, I'm like, right. if you told me, like, I would be wholeheartedly convinced that I could beat Usain Bolt in a race. I definitely can't beat Usain <laughs> Bolt in a race. I promise you I can't. But I would be like, nah, if I just train hard enough, if yeah, I just train. Long-. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think if I identify one person in my life who, who maybe, like inspired me from young, but it wasn't because they were doing anything I wanted to do. It was my uncle, my one's brother, he's a doctor. Mm. And that was just impressive to me. Because, and I wasn't good at science, so that never interested me. Mm. But I saw someone who had achieved something that was so, like, like I saw how everyone always reacted. Oh my God, he's a doctor. Oh my God. Like, and that was inspiring to me that someone had achieved something that was considered, for want of a better word, special.
0: Mm. Do you know what, it's crazy, because now you're you're saying it, when growing up, there was, like, key noteworthy jobs that were Mm -hmm. mentioned, like, growing up, which was doctor, lawyer, accountant. Yeah. I think that was it. Don't know if there was any...
1: No, it's the same doctor, lawyer, accountant, architect, what's that, I don't know, maybe architect. But, yeah, those, those were the things as well in my upbringing. But it was never imposed on me from fam. Like it was never f- like if anything my mum tried to convince me not to be a lawyer and it really? wasn't she wasn't trying to convince me to do something it wasn't like a specific thing boy like don't be a lawyer be this it was more a thing of she was worried that because i'd had this thing in my head from childhood that i hadn't fully considered properly what i might want to do if there was more to life if there was something else
0: mm, yeah. that's that's a that's quite insightful. That's interesting. With with when you went to um, university, so I know you studied. Was it politics? International politics. International yeah. politics. Why did you want to study that? Was it in, in linked to law?
1: Or yeah. Just... Yes and no. So I, what I actually wanted to study was law. Okay. And interestingly, every lawyer who I'd like shadowed and work experience with and whatnot told me not to do it. They, they all of them told you not to do I've it. I've never met a lawyer who has said study law, and all my friends who are now lawyers who did study law tell everyone the same thing, don't study law. It, because you don't need a law degree to be a lawyer, you you just need any degree and then you can do a conversion course after. And so the, the school of thought is that no matter what, you're gonna end up doing this thing if that's what you wanna do. Mm. So why not study something that's more interesting, more fun, not as boring as law. Got you. Because after you do your conversion course, which I think is one year, and you learn all the necessary parts, and then you go to law school and so on and so forth. So that's why everyone says it. Yeah. And and not only that, but you also end up being a more well-rounded person. Like, imagine mm. you studied geography, history, anthropology, whatever it may be, mm. and you bring that to the table with you. And And actually, I would argue that I think if you don't need a specific degree for what you want to do career-wise i would suggest doing something else completely like if i could go back in time and i still wanted to be where i've ended up i'd probably study anthropology i'm like it's oh, yeah anthropology or psychology or sociology or something like just i like, I like information that's the mm. one thing i've i like information i like knowledge i like understanding things and i like to understand a wide variety of things so anthropology just i remember when i first heard of this degree by this point i'd already applied for uni and i was like why did no one tell me this degree existed um for
0: those listening that, that do not know what anthropology is for the listeners
1: i can't define it you? So, i hope you can <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i can't define it i'm sorry no. google it. Yeah. it but in in what i can say is that it, it encompasses such a wide amount from sociology to the arts like just lots of different things i wish i could tell you off head what it means but i don't remember
0: so what? So what made you want to study is it? Because it just had different information. Yeah. different Things in it. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, this sounds interesting." Yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah, well. So, so you went to go and study international politics. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I missed out. So I I wanted to study law. Okay. And then I um I to my A levels, and so I ended up in clearing, and I had two oh, options. Either uh, the options were, go to a decent university and not study the degree I wanted to or go to a lesser university but do the degree I wanted to do. And my understanding was that, and, and still is, to be honest, is that you are far better off going to a superior university in reputation mm. than you are studying a specific course. And,
0: right, got you. And so
1: at that point, I'm like, right, I can either study law here or international politics here. And I'm like, well, I know if I... I, at this point still wanted to be a lawyer I'm like well I know I can still get into law so it's fine let me go here instead yeah and do a degree which I'll enjoy because I, I studied politics at A levels I always enjoyed politics so yeah that right. was how I ended up doing that
0: I'm interested to know actually one thing I didn't ask was who were your influences around you because you mentioned that you went from obviously normal school in Lewisham yeah. to a grammar school yeah. what how did your friendship group form was it yeah, just talk about that a bit. And who, and so who my s- my
1: school was in Welling, which is for people who don't know, it's in Kent. Um, mm. But Welling borough is in Welling is in Bexley borough, which is a neighbouring borough of uh, Greenwich borough and Lewisham mm. borough. And so, in my friendship groups, so my the majority, uh, it's weird because I always say to people I, I lived in two worlds. Like I grew up on an estate, but I was going to school in this predominantly white school. Mm. But it was diverse enough and it's so fascinating because I know that school is even more diverse than it was back then. Like my mind is blown when people tell me the numbers. But when I was in school, in my year group of 216, I think there was maybe 14 or 17 black people. Um, there was South Asians, East Asians and various other um, ethnic backgrounds. Mm. But, and I think in like year seven and eight, you spend most of your time with the people in your form. And so, the, yeah, my form of 32, my closest friends were uh, a white guy, a Turkish guy, and uh, there was one who was quarter Chinese, quarter Malaysian, half English. That's
0: a diverse set of friends.
1: It's just people I got along with. And uh. then you get into like year eight, year nine, and you start, all your lessons are no longer with your actual class. You're mm. in like set, so you'll start to mingle and mix and whatnot. Mm. And, and, and I think as well, at that point, you're maybe 13, 14, I think, I think that's a formative time in you knowing who you are and finding who you are. And, and you know, it's weird. I've never talked to anyone to understand if other people had this, like, if that's the point in school when they felt... Because, actually, I find that a lot of people say that they, they aren't friends with people they they went to school um, with, whereas I went to school with my best friend. Like, my best friend is still my best friend. Oh, today. is it? Yeah, he doesn't live in the country. He lives in New York now, but my best friend is still my best friend. I'm someone who really keeps friendships. Like, I've got friends. One of my TV shows is co created with two people, one of which I've known since I was three. Like, yeah. Wow. So So, you know how
0: to maintain relationships really well then?
1: I hope so. No, well,
0: clearly. <laughs> I don't,
1: I mean, I don't like doing it, but yeah, it's it's tiring. It's exhausting. No, genuinely. <laughs> no, it's,
0: it's, to be yeah. fair, I've, I've, my, my, if my best friend saw this, she'll look at me. I'm at school yeah. with her too. Yeah. But she'll be like, you haven't got any friends from school? I'm like, yeah, you're my best yeah. friend. I love you. It's fine. Yeah.
1: But um, but yeah. that's dope. Yeah, so I think, I think that played a part in like that era, that 13, 14 period of, of I guess figuring out who you are. Like, I think it was around the time I started playing basketball as well and our school mm. basketball team was majority, but not entirely black. Um, I think music as well, like grime, was having a surge then as well. And uh. you know, who's yes, everyone likes grime, but who the, especially in that period, who finds it first? It was obviously us. Uh. We're the ones who are linking with it. So uh. yeah, I think. I mean, it was. It was predominantly black people. I had around me in close proximity right, but I was also in an environment which was majority white people and I'm doing all my lessons with these people and you're socializing with them and everything like that. So yeah, it was it was both.
0: So I, f- I feel like you got the real life experience of working Early, because if, if that makes sense, yeah. right? Where you have your core friends that you have, but you you know how to integrate and mingle and mix. Cause I find it, a, I was a shock for me yeah. when I went into the working world. Yeah. Did you find that when you went to make m- more of your black friends, they, I don't know, they used to say, oh, you're changing or there's things that you're saying or doing that's different to how you, like, did you find that? And did that bother you?
1: What, the black friends in school or in outside? school, school. No, in-
0: Sorry, not in school, sorry. Outside. O- outside, yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. I I think growing up, I've heard many times that, yeah, it's the classic of speaking white. Like, I've probably heard right. it in years because I'm an adult. But that would have been something that would have come up. And it's weird because equally, you have, you're being an environment like the school I was in. Mm. And the white people think you speak a certain sort of way, but they think you speak black kind of thing. So to me, um, yeah, but it was never, I just don't think of it. Like I always say, I talk the way I talk. And that's that, like I, you know, but also I think code switching is, um, is something I've always subconsciously done. And I never realized it until I, it was years ago, I was dating a girl who wasn't from, she was from Birmingham and she's mixed race and I remember we went to a barbecue with one of, with all my friends one day and then when we got home, she was just like, oh, it was really like, int-. and it wasn't a criticism at all, she was just like, it was interesting to see you like around your people, like the way you talk, da, da, da. because she always saw me as quote unquote posh and she, and, in a way that, you know, I don't, like, I think there was something that she expressed at one point, I don't remember exact words, mm. but there was kind of like an insecurity about it.
0: From her? Yeah,
1: as it, like, feeling like, I wouldn't say inferior, but just feeling like, oh, he's like, kind of like this, and, and I'm, and... but Black. No, no, no. The, op- no, it's oh. the black- no, it's not the blackness, it's not the blackness. It's she's more- talking
0: about the poshness. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I see. but it
1: was. But I was like, mm, I'm not- I don't see myself as posh at all. I like I said. I just talk how I talk, and oh. it's a mix of all the environments. But she, then she saw me around my friends from ends, and so she's seeing that and she's like, bra, like you're what you. That's how you move it. That's like it just was unfamiliar to her to see me. I guess in a way that was more aligned with her and her environment and uh. her upbringing because, yeah, she was very much socialised around her black family and black culture and all uh. of that. So, so yeah, I, but that was the first time I ever realised, I was like, oh, right, there is an unintentional way of how I clearly choose to express And I've always noticed it since that day. Like, I'll notice how I talk around my school friends, how I talk uh. around, yeah, but I, I observe it from a place of beauty that actually I think it's so... Beautiful that me and all these people have our own language because like, that is mm-hmm. what it is it's our own language, our own way of communicating with each other. Like, when I think of my best friend, I'm like, there are times where we have to talk to start laughing because we just both know what we're thinking, like, we it's just in sync, or you could say one word and the other person knows what that yeah. means. So, yeah, I don't remember the question, but I think I answered it. Hopefully,
0: hopefully you did. I don't remember, yeah. but we're Sweet. just <laughs> It was, a, it was a switch in between yeah. friends outside, friends inside. Yeah. Okay, so, transitioning to university, what uni did you go to?
1: I went to Brunel, which is the one I dropped out of, and then I went to Birkbeck after.
0: Ah, Brunel's, Brunel's a dope uni. That was like yeah. uh, our rivals. I went to Hertfordshire, so it was okay. like our, yeah. <laughs> not rivals, but you know. the so, time in
1: my life at Brunel, I, I would not have, Brunel completely altered my life choices. Like if I hadn't gone Brunel, I don't think I would have um, ended up writing why what do you mean um i was it was an error because i I imagine the university is no longer like the era that i was in Mm. but there was just an energy in that place particularly amongst the black community Mm. there were a lot of dream chasers there were a lot of people who were just doing their own thing entrepreneurs like you know doing what they love Mm. and i think and, and also i think a massive thing that helps as well is that it was also um, an athletics university. So you have these people who you knew were going to be Olympians. And that, all of that combined is inspiring and it makes you look, or at least for me, it made me look within and be like, oh, all right, what, what do I wanna do with myself? Like, what do I enjoy? What do I love? What makes me happy? Like there is actually more to life than this thing, or at that point things, cause there were two very clear routes at that point for me. It was either law or investment banking I'd done, internships in both spaces, it was very clear that I, upon graduating, would get grad job offers in both of them. And yeah. and being like, oh, I, don't know, I don't know if that's what I want to do. Like, And Brunel planted that seed and then there were other things that catalyzed that until I finally made that decision. Like, yeah, actually, I'm not doing this anymore.
0: A part of that process, um, I, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but someone close um, to you passed? Yeah, yeah. Was that during the time that you was at university?
1: Yeah, that was at the on my, at that point I was actually ACS president as well and, and it was quite notable, the timing, because in Brunel, I think probably one of your biggest weeks as ACS president is Freshers Week.
0: Yeah.
1: And and the week that follows Freshers Week as well, Refreshers Week, and the news came to our friendship group, I think on the first day of Refreshers Week or something like that, and, and that was a friend from secondary school as well, so yeah, that was a big, big catalyst for me. Um, yeah. It was a big catalyst because he he died. I was nineteen, and he died in Peru building houses for the Red Cross. It was a water related accident, and oh my goodness! And so that's why it was such a impactful thing because yeah. you know, growing up where I've grown up, there have been people who've passed away young, but the way they've passed away is usually related to crime. Yeah. And so when, or health actually, I had a friend pass away when I was 14 and that was health related. He he collapsed on a football pitch. And oh. when it's done something like that, it was like the biggest thing of why it impacted me so much is because my life plan was always, I'm gonna get a stable job, I'm gonna like, work towards rapidly ascending in whatever field I'm in and get to the top mm. and earn a lot of money and by the time I'm 40 or whatever it is I mm. can quit this job and be financially free and do the things that I enjoy and passion projects and blah 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 mm. but when someone dies at 19 and in such a way you're like oh there's actually no guarantee like I'll get to 40 and if there's one thing I know that I've spent a considerable amount of life of my life thinking about is death. Like, I, I think about really? it. And, well, yeah.
0: well is that's understandable because you've had people around you die? I
1: don't know if it's that, though. I don't know if it's that. Because I think I've just always thought about death. Like, like what,
0: what do you think about it?
1: I, I think I it, it, it fascinates me, but it also, to an extent, scares me. Like, I've always worried about, fuck, what if I'm the one who dies like before they're 80 or 90 or something. like what happens? I was talking to a writer friend recently and I was saying to her like, do you know how pissed off you would be if I died? And she goes, well, you wouldn't be because you'd be dead. And I was like, yeah, I know. But but I was like, you know, there's a, I'm 32. And for me, there are, I'm 32 and because of the way I am and the, the background and by background, I mean the school I went to, that I'm not someone who is particularly interested in, I guess, the average of a norm. Like, I don't look at it and think, oh, well, it's fine, you've got years because this is when this happened for that person and this is when, like, right. I'm like, no, I should be there already or why am I, yeah. And so I was saying to this friend, I was like, well, people think, that you shouldn't worry because you've still got time on your hands and you're still Mm. young. And I I always say I'm young, I don't feel old at all. But I'm like, they they say that you're fine and don't worry, your time will come and your time will come. I was like, But if I died, those people will actually be thinking, oh, rah, like, he had so much to do and he never got to do it. But... What people? Like, I would say, like, I guess in my industry in general, like, with the... With like opportunities and commissions and stuff like that, like mm. they just, yeah, I think they just would think, um, yeah, there'd, there'd be a feeling of, you know, oh man, like that never happened and it could have, it should have, and for me, it's like let's make it happen now, let's mm-hmm. make it happen now. Like I'm ready, I'm I've, the work is there. To be like what, what's the delay? So mm. yeah, I think I I I mean I, I hope I live a very long life. I, I pray I do, but it's something. Yeah, I also think when you die, you die, and it's the time you're meant to go, and you, at the point you leave, you've done what you were meant to do yeah. here. And, and I think that's a difficult thing. Like, you know, I lost a friend uh, three years ago, and that's, like, unequivocally the death of... All, not to do ma- yeah, you know, yeah. balance, but that one was the one which impacted me in the I'm most. I'm sorry in.
0: to hear that. That's crazy.
1: Thank you. It happens. Life, um, But that was one where it was, like, because it's just, like... But at the same time, even... trying to understand it me and my and that friendship group were kind of like well I guess (coughs) I guess she did what she was meant to do like, mm. you know, uh, w- her name was Wendy and we always used to have a, a joke. Like it, was, it wasn't even a joke. It was just a recurring line. Like, mm. you'd always be like, where's Wendy? Like, that was just a normal thing in our friendship. Like, oh, that was... You'd be out and Wendy's gone. She's disappeared and then you'll mess it in. and then the next morning she'll text like, oh, yeah, I just didn't want to disturb you a lot. Like, we might have stayed at one person's house, for example, and we're all, like, drinking and everyone's falling asleep. You wake up the next morning and, and Wendy's <laughs> like, okay. and she's yeah, like, yeah, she's I didn't want to wake up, You were all okay. I didn't want to yeah. bother you. It's like, you know, and and... Yeah, something career-wise happened just before she passed, and I, I, I'm. She never replied to me, but it wasn't. She definitely saw it, but she never replied to me. But I was so happy that I had told her because I wasn't meant to tell it. It was meant to be a secret until whatever month it was meant to be, and I just told her because I knew it mattered so much to her. And I know one of my friends said, you know, that's Wendy. Like, you know, she's. Because it was something which I knew was unequivocally going to change my life and my career. Like, it's the catalyst to everything that's happened. Oh, so
0: you week. shared the great news about yeah, your career with yeah. like her.
1: And my friend was like, exactly, like, you, she knew you were okay. Like, that's it, she knew you were okay, and that's it. Like, you've been left, and that's that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. now, death, I think a lot about death. I, Yeah, I hope it doesn't come for me anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is about death, which I think people have a fear of. Like, for me, I'm kind of selfish. I kind of hope I die before everyone I love. That sounds really bad. No, I've heard
1: a lot of people say that. I I don't relate to it, but I understand why people say it.
0: Because I don't think I can cope. With people that I have around me, Mm -hmm. thank goodness, I haven't had anyone close to me kind of die. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I'll cope. Because I do think about it with my parents, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I look at them every day and I think, oh, like, you're getting older, but you're Mm -hmm. not old, but you're getting old. I'm aware you're getting older. And I I don't know how I will cope. I don't know mentally if I'll cope if they weren't mm-hmm. here, because it's so it's so final. Mm-hmm. It's not. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you've moved to a different country, yeah. become a nomad. You've got married. No, <laughs> yeah. like it's final. It's, that's it. So I get it. It's a it's a weird one. Sorry, I feel like we've we've yeah. probably yeah. gone we've gone a bit left death. a little bit. Really but <laughs> but 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 it links it links to a lot a part of your story yeah. as to I guess some of the reasoning behind. Why you made the decision. So that day that you decided, okay, cool, I'm not doing international politics anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, What happened on that day, if you can remember? Like, what what was your thought process? I remember
1: it was was like really early in the morning. And my thought process was this it was that I'm not happy. Like, I was, I just, I could sense I was unhappy. And I asked myself, I was Mm. like, okay, you're not happy. What makes you happy? No, not actually, no. I'm not happy. Why aren't you happy? Mm. I'm not happy with the direction my life is getting in what would need to change about that? Like, what has always made you happy? And I was like, well, writing's always made me happy. Like, that was what I said to myself. I just knew that the act of writing, and again, if we bring it back to academia, because people always assume that my love for writing is like a love for telling stories, and blah, And I was like, no, no, it's the act of writing, like, which is why, I love writing essays. It's why... I'm just writing
0: essays. I
1: just love writing. <laughs> That's it. That's why I write long text messages. See my... Ask my oh, friends. No. All the te- Yeah. My no problem. You get
0: left a on read. Oh,
1: I'm used to it. Like, I don't even mind. Like, yeah, My friends always get long messages. Read they, they just more. know it. Yeah. No. Uh, that, not, not too heavy on <laughs> that. But 22. there was definitely a read more, actually, in the last 24 hours. But to be fair... <laughs> No, it was a nice one. It was um, I'd finished reading a book which was written by one of my friends. Okay, and I was just sending him love and praise and appreciating what I'd read. So I feel like that was a nice long message to receive.
0: Yeah, and um, you and you write from, from the brain. You don't use Chat GPT or anything at all. No, no AI.
1: I do you know what I've I've started using it recently, but in very specific circumstances. You're right. So I'll, I'll give you an example, and and actually it didn't even help me find what I wanted. I basically use it as a better Google. So I was writing a line about a character who, she's um, she's a perfumer, and she's talking about her ambitions to have her own perfume brand one day. Um, for all intents and purposes, let's call this character Alex Jones. Oh. And so she's talking about how, you know, wanna have my own perfume brand, and the other person's like, oh, what's it gonna be called? And and she says, oh, Alex Jones. And the, the person's like, Oh, like Chanel and like mm. um, what other brands are named after Gucci and Tom Ford and she's like no no not like those like Joe Malone and like like actual perfume as opposed to fashion houses that deviate into and I was just struggling to remember other than Joe Malone what other fashion not fashion what other perfume brands started as perfume brands so that was it i used it for that because it was quicker than google but yeah that's it otherwise i it's interesting i have conversations with my friends who are very pro ai and you know i i don't have well i do have a stance but it's not as strong as theirs but what i will say is that when we were talking and he was like oh but would you want to do this more efficiently i was like no no, i don't think you understand i enjoy my work so the idea of of, do, of using a machine or uh, whatever to do it quicker does not excite me. Like, I'm not working to complete the task. I'm working because I enjoy it and through the enjoyment the task gets completed. Mm. So, yeah, that's why for me it's it's not at present mm. a thing that's really a part of my working process. And who knows, maybe it will change. But right now I'm just like, nah, I just want to get on with what I'm doing. And...
0: What's the feeling you you get when you when you write? Cause I feel like there's, there's emotions that I just want to, escape get, joy joy.
1: and euphoria. Yeah. Especially like when I'm in my bag, uh, like when it's coming, uh, like I'm just like, yeah, like it's just, I just want to keep going and going. It's just flowing. Like I wrote, I wrote a scene recently for a film that I'm writing and I just, like I just knew what I was doing. Like I, 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 it. It's joy and it's euphoria and it's also excitement to share it. Like you're done, like, I can't wait till someone else gets to read this and like, yeah, I just get so excited because I know know when it's good. I also know when it's not good and I also know when it's okay. Like all of those elements because all of those parts of the barometer play a part in my work. Like sometimes you have to write bad work so that you can redraft and improve it because you just need to get it on the page and you need to be able Mm. to see it in order to improve it. Sometimes it's good coming straight from the brain. Um, But yeah, joy, it just makes me very, very happy. It's like problem solving and I've always been a problem solver as well. So that is another aspect of it I really enjoy.
0: (laughs) So tell us, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the business side to yeah. writing. I know obviously there's th- there's money in it and yeah. you know, there's so much things you can do with it. But for people that don't understand, and also for myself as well, yeah. talk us through the actual, like the commercial opportunities that you, mm. you have experienced. Yeah. Feel free to throw in your awards in there, you know, shameless plug in, in, mm. in there. But talk us through what that looks like and how you develop those. Because yeah. I would if, if I could write, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. So it would be good to understand.
1: Cool. Um trying to uh, I I guess like talking through points of my journey are probably helpful. So mm-hmm. I dropped out twenty eleven, started my new degree, twenty eleven, part-time degree in creative writing. And it was part-time for two reasons. One because there was a loophole which allowed me to not have to pay for that degree. So it was through a grant anniversary. But also in addition because I wanted to have as much time as possible to hone my craft because I didn't believe, and I was correct, I did not believe that the degree was necessary mm. to enter this industry. Like, if it wasn't free, I would have not done that degree. I only did oh, it- really? Because, Oh really? 100%. I, didn't want, like, I only did it because my mum really wanted me to get a degree and I was like, okay, I'm gonna apply for one university and I'm applying for that one university because I won't have to pay. Mm. If I don't get in, I'm not doing a degree. Got in, so it was all good. and. So in tandem with studying the degree, I'm writing, I'm writing my own scripts and whatnot. I'm paid just like figuring it out, teaching myself, learning and whatnot. And...
0: Wait, just before you continue with that, how did you verify if your scripts were good or not? Did you just get people to read it? Did you actually get people to act it out? Like, what was the so? Okay, so
1: I started the degree in September 2011. And in maybe three or four months before... So I'd made that decision that I mentioned in Jan 2011, Jan Mm. February. And so at that point, I've made my decision. I've stopped going to lectures. And all my friends think I'm crazy, but they know what I'm doing. And I'd gone to somewhere with a friend who's a musician, and they were very, very late. And so I spent time talking to the person who that friend was meeting. And they are like, oh, so what do you do? Blah, blah, I'm like, oh, right, this, that, this, that. He was like, oh, I should introduce you to my friend. His name's this, and he's a filmmaker. Cool, introduces us. Me and this person meet. And he says to me, yeah, he loves all my ideas. He was like, oh, so is there any scripts I can read? And I'm like, oh, nah." And he was like, no one's going to take you seriously unless you've got scripts. Like, everyone has ideas, but you need scripts. And that was the first step. I was like, okay, I need to write scripts. Go on Google, figure out how to write scripts, figure out formatting and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, that was the very big... Beginning of then having someone to look at it because he was prepared to read my work and give me thoughts and feedback and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, start the degree, doing the degree, through the degree there's also feedback there anyway. Right, okay. Um, and then outside of the degree, I'm like, I'm writing away and I'm applying for things mm. and I'm not getting them. And I'm someone who's always been very strategic and so mm. I'm looking at the people who are getting what I want to get Right. And then I ended up going on looking at their CVs online on their agency websites and mm. I'm like, right, these people are three or four years ahead of me in their journey. What are the things that they've done, they've done to get them where they're going to? And the consistent thing that kept coming up was theatre. Like I'm seeing all these people who had done theatre, done programmes here, done things here. Mm. I didn't want to write theatre, but I was like, oh, OK, well, this is really annoying. But cool, I guess I'm gonna have to write theater. So then I taught myself how to write plays and I, I was doing that. And mm. I then start applying to all of these theater schemes and eventually start getting onto them and whatnot. And for me, that was like, I always say that this isn't like a like trying to become a lawyer or trying to become a doctor where you graduate and you get this qualification, but there's yeah. no clear thing. So actually for my sanity and self-assessment, those things were like, okay, I'm on the right path because this person did that and they're where I want to be. So if they did that, that means I'm doing the right thing and I must be improving and it must be this and it must be that. And and on top of that, I was just cold emailing people. like I Really? Yeah, and it's so interesting because now if I was to cold email someone, it's much easier than back then. Because back then, I would like, let's say I want to email Jack Smith at Channel 4. I'm going on a Channel 4 website, trying to find his email, can't find it. Okay, let me guess it's either Jack Smith or Jack.smith or J.Smith. or J. like I have so many emails where I've done that until yeah. I figured it out. Whereas now I'm going on LinkedIn, on Google Chrome, using the plugin that will tell you their email address. Yeah. Um so I did a lot of that like just reaching out to people and being like, Hey, um, I'm a writer and this, that, this, that, like would you be up for meeting up for a coffee? I'd love to get some advice hold like, completely don't know cold, that no- yeah. how did that
0: feel like that that feeling of just reaching out to someone no contact was you nervous was you excited (laughs) you were just doing what you need to do this is
1: why that person couldn't be fearless Uh... it never fazed me like I tell people all the time that the worst thing that can happen is a no and it's not going to kill you so me emailing people that might say no or might ignore me it didn't bother me I'm like I'm just going to keep going until someone does reply me because someone will reply me. Like, if you don't reply me again, there's I'm going to schedule in my mind like a checkup. Like, and, hi, um, I emailed you at this point. Don't know if you ever saw it. Yeah. Like, I was just on it. Like, And that's, again, it's who I've always been. Like, there was, but I would say also that that fearlessness and confidence, which is something I think I've always had in me, but also I think my school played a big part in that because mm. I see it in all my friends. All my friends are like that. Like, they're all like that way so yeah
0: interesting yeah. so thank you for sharing that so you're
1: welcome
0: so on the journey you managed to get into theater what was your first theater production that you managed to get into it was a to sh- write into? it was a
1: short play called mine at uh westbourne park in west london can't remember the name of the venue but the the people who were friends event were called new heritage theatre
0: okay
1: um it was two guys one of i mean i'm good friends with both of them but one one of them i'm seeing today actually because he script edits all my work okay and the other one that's nelson adesen who's a bafta winning filmmaker and the other one was daniel bailey who is the associate artistic director of the Bush Theatre mm. in West London, but neither of those two people were that at the time. They right. were, we were all kind of just making coming it. up together. But mm. even even to do that, it was Dan who convinced me to start writing. Like I always tell people this, I'm like, this is the person who made me start theatre. Like if it wasn't for him, I'd have never done it. He was the one like, no, you need to do this kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, that was the very first thing that I wrote. It was about a boxer. I can't remember the storyline, but it was about a boxer.
0: What was that process for you? So you've you've done loads of plays that you were writing, you were practising, it was good. What's the process in writing, like, a play? What's the difference between writing play, writing film, TV? Mm. Like, what does that look like? So
1: the format of the scripts looks different, but Mm. aside from it looking different, Mm. as an actual act and process of the mind. For me, I always say that theater, there's nowhere to hide. Like in film mm. and TV, you have the luxury of you know, explosions, you have the luxury of being able to cut scenes, you can travel in time, you can do flashbacks, all of these things which you can't do in theater. And mm. it's very easy to lose a theater audience. I know this is someone who goes to the theater and if I get bored, that's it. That's I'm, happened to me so many done. times. Right? That's so many times, yeah. And and I would, I would say that for that reason, theatre made me a much better screenwriter because yeah. that just then became a part of my screenwriting process where I consider the importance of every line counts. Every moment is important. You have to earn everything. You have to earn the attention and the emotions that you want to elicit from the audience. Um,
0: what style would you say you are? Would you say you're like more comedic or more like just no. emotion-led? or do you, Are you a mixture of everything? Like, I'd what's... say
1: emotion-led. For okay. Sure and drama. I I think you know I I feel like I can write almost anything. Like anything. I, there's nothing where I don't think I can write it. Like yeah, you know, maybe a couple of things, but even those things I would think I could write it. But yeah, you know, I always it's interesting because I've recently written a script that's getting quite a lot of attention, and it's a comedy script. And I I always say to people I don't write comedy. I write things that just happen to have humor in it because mm. I've of the very I think when I admire something so much as a skill and a talent I'm always very hesitant to to refer to myself as someone who does that thing so Mm. comedy I just think is just one of the most incredible skills on the planet like yeah my best friend is one of the funniest human beings I know and I'm just like it's just so natural like Mm. and yeah I think I'm funny but I don't think I'm
0: that, that level funny. Of funny. Like I remember when I told
1: my uncle years ago, I was writing a comedy script. He was like, "Why are you writing a comedy <laughs> script? I'm like, "Cheers, <laughs> uncle. Like, cool." But, but I, you know, I can write it. Like right. I can write comedy. But I, I think I would say that I live in drama and I live in the drama space and end up blurring the lines in everything else because life is funny. There's humor. Yeah. Or even in drama, even in trauma, there's always humor. Like I remember one on the one year anniversary of my friend passing um being at the cemetery and me and my friends just cracking jokes like my friend just you stupid bitch, or something like <laughs> that like and we're yeah. all just laughing like and like that's me like i find everything funny i mm. i'm i'm not the person who like takes things massively serious like life is too short to be serious and so i think yeah. it bleeds into the work and so even in the drama, there tends to be points of humour.
0: And you manage to write from different perspectives as well, which is, which I think is such a brilliant talent, like, to, to think, put your mind... Do you have conversations with people prior to writing in the mind frame of a woman or Sometimes, a young person? Sometimes, but not
1: always. So I, I think I... I think a lot and I listen a lot. And right. so I think that all informs my writing. Like I'm always listening. I'm always thinking. Like and yeah. and whether conscious or subconscious is informing my writing, I think there are very specific incidents or it, when I've had to go and get someone like talk to someone. So I remember mm. I remember when I was writing my dissertation was a a full length feature film <laughs> script. And there was a there's a scene of a character, of two characters losing their virginity. Mm-hmm. One of, but the woman is the main character in the film, and they're both like I don't know, seventeen or sixteen or mm-hmm. something. And I asked three of my female friends for their pers- for them to write an anonymous account, anonymous in terms of I wouldn't share it anyway, Obviously, oh. I knew they wrote it, mm-hmm. but of them losing their virginity because I really wanted to understand. What I was going to write, and actually, the characters weren't losing their virginity, she was, he wasn't. Mm. And I and actually, I remember after I read those accounts, and at this point, I would have been what 23 24. I ended up messaging the person who I lost my virginity with, but they were a woman, of course, they're a woman. Mm. Well, no, not of course, (laughs) but But yeah, the person we'd both lost our virginity together, Mm. but. I had never imagined what that experience was for her. Mm. And reading those accounts led me to go and message her. Because I was like, you know, obviously, we were 16 or 17, I don't remember, but I do remember. Anyway, Mm. (laughs) Um, I was like, I, you know, you wouldn't, no one would blame me for not thinking about it because we were young, but as an adult now, I'm like, like this is what you are potentially going through and feeling and experiencing and and I just wasn't aware and because I wasn't aware I probably didn't handle this in the right way and whatnot and so it's times like that where it's so specifically something that I will never ever know the experience of Mm. that I will speak to someone but generally speaking I for me you know it's a lot of observations and so yeah perspectives is it's mandatory like if Yeah, I think you have a massive problem as a writer if you can't write from different... Why are you writing if you can't write from different perspectives unless you're a narcissist who only wants to write from your own perspective, which is fine, but that isn't what the joy of the act is for me. Like, the joy Mm. of writing is, you know, for me, in part, it's something which I used to understand myself, but also understand other people, understand society, because I'm trying to... I'd like to think that, you know, I hope that my body of work by the end of my time is something that allowed the world to understand itself better and understand each other better as individuals, so yeah.
0: You must be such a well-rounded, indiv- I mean, you sound like you are based on your upbringing, based on your ability to observe, gain different perspectives and obviously to write from different perspectives as well. And there's so much strength in that, especially as a DEI person. I always say to companies, the more perspectives you have, the more you'll be innovative, creative and and so forth. So it, it goes to show. And that leads me on to kind of your career and your mm-hmm. accomplishments. Like, where would you say some of your biggest... um I mean, you've got a lot of awards, so feel free to talk about any of them. You don't have mm. to talk about all of them, yep. and your your most proud project, play, or it could be TV short film. Mm. I feel like I might know which one it is, but I want you to say.
1: Uh, award was the um, the most notable one was. Um... I won best short film at Tribeca Film Festival, which is an Oscar and BAFTA qualifying it's festival. Well done! Um, thank you. The film, but for me, I mean, it is amazing. But what was for me so amazing about it that it was my debut short film. In that, I'd I'd written short films, but I'd never directed, and I directed this film. I didn't go to film school. I had no experience. Hence why earlier, when you were asking me about the light and about a camera, like that. <laughs> but I, and so for me, it's such a proud achievement in that to enter with with such a big splash in a new discipline was something I was incredibly proud of but it also links back to what I said earlier when we talked about you saying. but I was like listen I always think I could do things directing I didn't think I could do and it was something I found very daunting and At the time, not anymore. I mean, there's an element of me that still finds it daunting, but not in the way that I did back then. Mm. Um, And my proudest project, I mean, it's between, no, it's not between two. It's my short (laughs) film. It's No More Wings. I mean, I think Mm. people always assume that it would be Top Boy and I see the way people react to the fact that I was part of, so I I was um, a shadow director on Top Boy and I shot some of the scenes. I think that's what people always think it would be. But um, I think the thing about the Top Boy one, which, listen, I'm incredibly proud of it. But I think people assume it's the one I'd be most proud of because it's the one that's most visible, most the biggest thing to them. Mm. But to me, my short film is the biggest thing, and it's also what changed my life. Like It was what enabled me to go full-time as a filmmaker, I've been full-time for three years now. Um, and then, I mean, there's other ones. There's, yeah, no. That, that's that's that, the main that's, one. Yeah.
0: That's the one that I assumed as well. By the way, I yeah, didn't assume. To, I didn't cool. assume, uh, only because it was. I felt like that was yours. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, like that's
0: something that you yeah. and because it was obviously South London influence as well. For yeah, year, that's probably something you're super proud of. That's it's
1: unequivocally me. Like you, it's a film that is so under night. Like no one else could have made that film but me, and yeah. that is where the pride in that is is knowing that I didn't try and I not to say that I I ever do, but there was no watering down or filtering in any capacity and so for it to be commercially and critically successful like i remember we did a screening for it in december 2019 and this okay. was before it got into any festivals or anything like that had happened and i remember someone asking me in the q a like i remember it so vividly because i remember the reaction to it they were like well what are your ambitions for this film like what do you hope it does and whatnot and i was like well I hope it gets into festivals. I hope it might win some awards and blah blah blah. But honestly, whether it does that or it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Like this is this being the screening. I was like, this is like I don't know what could top this moment, and yeah. not knowing everything would top it. But in that moment, I was just like, I'm so proud that I've made a film that I wanted to make, and equally, I've just I've just observed 400 plus people respond to that and
0: That's and
1: feel everything. But I believed they were yeah. they would feel. But confirming it, like, I always say that, that it's my film, but it's our film, it's everyone's film. Like, yeah. the amount of, as recently as last week, like, conversations where, oh, this is what I do. Oh, what do you do? Oh, it, this, oh, I did a film called No More. Oh, my God, is that the one sitting in Morley's? And I'm yeah. like, that is amazing. Like, to, for it to be so widely recognised and for people to have seen it and for it yeah. to matter to people in the way that it matters to me.
0: I love the fact that you used um, Hand in the Air... As yeah, well, that was very like, you, thing for me. yeah, you, you really thought about the music that you used yeah. in the in the whole entire series. In, I know you said directing, you kind of it was new to you at the time, but how yeah. did you genuinely find that? Because I asked your friends of well, you know, John, right? Yeah, so I, cause I asked John's him,
1: one of the people I was talking to earlier, and I said, I've co created a oh, show with, yeah.
0: No, he talked, I, I saw him on, um,
1: is that who said I was badly behaved? <laughs> I need to know <laughs> who I was anyway, you can tell me like <laughs>
0: But um, John, no, I was with John last week, Saturday. Yeah. And I was asking him how it was to, to direct Champion and everything, yeah. what that process was like for him. Um, and I'll be interested to know, what was the process like directing? Because that's a whole other ball game in itself. Yeah.
1: It's interesting because I've directed three times now, so I have No More Wings, okay. The Top Boy Work, and then I shot a short film at the start of this year. And it's interesting because with No More Wings, whilst I was definitely... I remember like, I was not sleeping well throughout that whole period. Like i would be up at 5am, no alarm clock, nothing. And it was happening, for, but it was happening for like a week or two weeks. And I was like, do you know what? I keep complaining that I don't, I don't feel like I have enough time. So actually my body keeps waking up naturally. I guess it's time to go. Yeah, and that yeah, was it. Yeah. I'd start getting up at 5am every morning, start working on the film, start prepping, start doing this, start doing that. and And whilst the first time there was a sense of, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know if I'm doing it right. And then, of course, it all comes together and I have done it right. And then, and it's something I'm proud of and it's something that excels. From that point onwards, it's then, oh, now the expectation is there. Because I think for writing, I feel there's always an expectation. But I don't worry about the expectation because Mm. for me, I'm like, well, I know I can write. Mm. I know when I write something good. I know when I write something bad. Like I, 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 and also I don't. I don't compare my work either. So, you know, whilst I do think my next short film is a hundred times better than No More Wings, I didn't write it to be better than No More Wings. I wrote it to be the best version of itself. That's what I always say. I'm just trying to write the best version of this story and it might be better, it might not be. That's not important. As long as the actual writing itself is better because I'm like, that has to be better because I'm improving as a writer. But the story is the story. The story is never guaranteed to be more exciting or engaging or emotional, like, it's where the story comes. But directing this, mm. I was like, okay, I did that short and it did really well. And Now there's an expectation where, whereas before if it was a bad short, I'd have been forgiven. Now it's like, nope, you did that and you the won bars, all the awards. Huh. The bar is there and the expectation is there. And I mean, it's nice to know that I feel like I've made something really good, but it was definitely... Uh, We Yeah, we had... The budget was significantly bigger than the last short as well. The budget was significantly bigger. Mm. Um, To an extent, the cast profile as well was bigger, or is bigger, rather. Mm. Um, Also, whilst the first short was for a competition I'd won, and there was... Soho. Yeah, Soho House's um, screenwriting competition. Mm. This one is funded by Film 4, and so I'm like, Mm. okay, this is a big investment in me and my talent and my ability. So...
0: And this is the current one you're working on now. Yeah,
1: it's the current one. Is I it mean. the
0: pilot or is it the whole development? That it's just a on?
1: short film. It's called Chasing the Night. Um, it's a romantic drama. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you a still from it. Actually, yeah, yes, um,
0: yes, please. What what influences your like the storylines? Because I can guess the influence for No More Wings, but what influenced this one?
1: Um, the influence for there you go. That's a oh tapped out of it. And if you swipe that way, you can see the second one as well. Oh, thank you. Um. What influence oh, she's pretty. She is she's beautiful. Deborah Arende. She's stunning. she looks familiar. She's the lead in riches on ITV. Ah, she's beautiful. She's she, English. Yeah. She was born here, raised in America when moved to America when she was eight and oh. lives been living here for a few years now. So this is nice, She's got a mishmash accent. Okay. <laughs> it sounds yeah. however she wants it to sound basically. So if she wants to sound American, you hear it. If she wants to sound English, you hear it. Wicked. It looks um, good. Thank you. Now, Um what inspired it? Um, Well, a lot of it would spoil the story if I was to say what inspired it. But what I will say is that one of the biggest... I remember one of my friends asking me if I'd ever write about love. And I was like, I'm really confused that you've asked me that question because I love writing about love. It's just that I've not had anything produced. Like, I've written so many scripts in period, which obviously no one's ever seen. All people know is what they've seen so of course my friend would be like oh would you ever write about love so that played on my mind for a while Mm. because i love writing about love it's just not something that i've had anything made that is in that space um but the inspirations of this story it like i said it's because it spoils it so much like there was a catalyst of an incident that happened and and that was um yeah i can't say it's a spoiler (laughs)
0: okay yeah but what i will
1: say is i think What's interesting with me is that the seeds of my ideas are never where, like it always runs away from that. So for example, with No More Wings, it was inspired by the idea of two people who I grew up with and this, that, this, that, but the characters are so different to the actual real people. Like the, the friend who plays, the, the friend who the character Jude is inspired by at the time was not a parent is not a drug dealer either and all of these, yeah. But it's just things equally, my best friend wasn't living in East, he wasn't moving to East. Yeah, he was living in South, moved elsewhere in South, which actually surprised me and now lives in New York. Mm. Um, But there's always a seed and then I just kind of run away I'm like, okay, what do I wanna talk about here? What do I wanna explore in this story? Whether it's things I've experienced, whether it's things that I've seen or observed in other people.
0: Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's interesting that, again, that you've written stories that have never been produced. You just yeah. write it just yeah. for yourself. That's right. That's how much you love it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, half and half. It's love, it. but also that's part of it. Like you have to, firstly, so there's two halves to that, because if you have like the first, not, if you have like the first chapter of my career, mm. you're writing it without it being produced but you're learning, you're le- like, like like I always say to people, you become a better writer just by continuously writing. You're mm. you're flexing this muscle and it's getting better and stronger and and all of that. Um, but also, as well as it making you better, the more you write, the more you have to show for yourself when you're like, oh, you know, when you're reaching out to these companies, oh, I've written this, will you read it? And it might not get produced, but it might result in an opportunity for you. Mm. Whereas now when I write things, I mean, yeah, most of the things I'm writing at the moment are with a view to be produced. Mm. But there's no guarantee it's ever going to happen. And it's in right. development and it's paid development and all of that. But there's no guarantee it will ever get made. Mm. I I don't think much about that because I am in all of my work. And I'm like, of course, this is going to get made and whatnot. But there's a possibility it might not. Um, but that's the game. Like There isn't a scenario where, at least not in this chapter for me, where... Mm the only way you write something is because it's being made. It's The only thing that does change is whether you're... Be- so the term, it's known as a spec script, a spec, which is short for speculative, is if you mm. write a script which you're not being paid for, it's called a spec script. Mm. And so for me in this chapter, it's either a spec script or commissioned development, and the majority of the time it's commissioned development. So um, someone
0: will pay you to just yeah, something? okay
1: unless... I'm impatient, so I've been writing something this year, mm. and it was just because I didn't. In fact, two things I wrote this year. I was mm. like, I'm not waiting for no one. Like I, I don't have the time. And and when those things are well, one of them is already ready, and my agent has started sending it out, and I I feel quite confident that we're about to get our first offer on it, but.
0: Who that, are they sending it out to? Sorry, I don't understand. To production it. companies. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Sorry, no, no, it's all good. That, <laughs> it, no, but listen, the welcome to the life of my friends where yeah. I've been talking about things and I don't get what's going on. Oh, do your friends say this yeah, as well? How, okay. Because well, how would anyone understand? Like yeah. It's weird because sometimes people will ask me questions and they'll be like apologetic. And I'm like, no, you don't need to apologize. Why would you understand this? Yeah. It's the same with my family. Why would you understand this? Mm. None of you know anyone who's ever done it. And it's not a widely known career that we haven't. Um, insight into mm. so yeah get gets sent to production companies I don't have meetings with them they'll be like oh we really love this What? what's the like if it's a TV script oh so what does the whole series look like what are your ideas what are your thoughts what do you want to do with it if it's a film um, well I've uh, you know I've not written any well I've written one but I can't talk about it I've yeah. not written any films bar this one which I've written outside outside of a commission so oh, wow. to make it clearer, so I've I've written, I'm in the process of writing one film that's been commissioned and then one which is in the impatient pile. And then everything I've written before that was was in the first chapter of my career. So if I was, so with this film I'm writing now, mm. the one which isn't commissioned, unlike, whereas the TV conversation is, mm-hmm. um, oh, what does the whole series look like? What's your vision, blah, blah, blah. With the film conversation... I imagine it's going to be a lot more straightforward of, you know, yes or no, we want to make this. Um, and then the ball rolls from there.
0: What does commissioned mean as well? Like, paid. again, I yeah. can... Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know no, he's paying it,
1: but... Yeah. It's, so it's paid to write something. So there's different levels of development, because that's the word that's used, it's developed. And if you're... If you're commissioned to develop something, you Uh. might be commissioned to, at the very lowest end, you'd be commissioned to, let's say, write a one-pager, which is a one-page document of this idea that you have for TV or film.
0: Right.
1: You then might go to the next, and you don't always start from that bottom stage, but that, I would say, is the lowest stage Uh. you can start from. You might get commissioned to write, if it was TV, a series outline, if it was a film, a treatment, which they're both the same thing, in my opinion, just... For different mediums so a series outline i'm writing okay this is what's gonna happen in all the episodes this is these are the characters this is the these are the themes the same thing but for a film so you don't have you're just writing the whole storyline out
0: mm. um
1: you, the next stage would then i guess be i've only ever had to do this once and i doubt i'll ever have to do it again but you might be asked to write sample scenes um right i've Done that once ever, but at this point, it never ever comes up. It's either you're writing treatment or you're writing the actual script. Uh, you might get commissioned to write the script. Uh, um Yeah, so that's a good. And then at whatever point the production company can be like, yeah, we don't want to proceed with this. Uh, they could want to proceed, do further development. You might get to the point which I'm at now for the first time of one of my TV projects, which is production company, this is the one with uh John and our right. other friend, okay. Emmy, where production companies like, okay, we're happy, we love it, mm. we are now taking this out to the broadcasters or streaming services that we've selected mm. to pitch this to, right. to see if they want to come on board, potentially greenlight it. If they greenlight it, they're giving us money to write all the rest of the episodes with a view to right.
0: make the show. That makes sense. So yeah. is it lucrative, writing? If you're not, like,
1: no, I'm I'm a being very I'm a very straight-talking person. But how do you define lucrative? That's that's the real can question. Can you can you
0: live a soft life?
1: <laughs> how do you define a soft life? Where are you living? You living in London? You living in Scotland? That like it's not even me being deliberately no, cryptic. But... Like I'll answer it as best as I can, which is that I think, and also it's it's the scale of it as well. Like you know, I'm mentored by a man called Jesse Armstrong who created a TV series called Succession, which mm, is like mm, the biggest mm, show on TV. Continue, by the way. Uh, yeah, and I think. Like, I not even think I know that what Jesse will earn per script is entirely different to what I'm earning per script and the percentages and the back end and all the things he's getting. So I would say in the long term and in the bigger picture, it absolutely is lucrative, but it's about the stage which you're in. It's about also the way your agent positions you as well, the way you position yourself. Um But it can be lucrative. You can live a soft life. I intend to live a soft life off of it. I'm not currently living a soft life. But it, yeah, I, from childhood, I've, yeah, even when I started to deviate from law, there's always been one consistent thing in my head. I was like, whatever I choose to do, I believe I'll be rich from it. Like, uh, yeah, it Mm. was just always a thing. Whatever that is. Yeah. So for me, yeah, whether it was writing and directing or it was something else, there wouldn't like the plan would have always been one that involves that being the end goal financially Uh, so uh, you absolutely can like i i know friends who are living a very good life off of writing i'm uh, not where they are they have more years than me they have more experience and uh, so on and so forth but it's i think it's also because i think that you know there's such a focus there on what it can be but i also think there's the difficult realities of the early period. Yeah, um, that's what I
0: was thinking as well. Yeah, which can yeah. be hard.
1: Like, you know, like having to juggle multiple projects and you have the mm. reason why you're having to juggle multiple projects is because, and I'm actually someone who loves doing multiple projects, but mm. even if I didn't, it is a necessity if you want to financially survive mm. off of it. Like, you're not able to financially survive off of the development of one project. If you're, for example, writing... Yeah, right. Let's say let's say I write an episode of a TV series, a one-hour episode. I, yeah, I. If I think if you wrote maybe, okay. If, let's say you write one episode, right? Mm. You get paid to write your episode, and then the amount you get paid. You then, when it then goes on to shoot a year later, you will get that same amount of money again a year later. So the exact same amount, ah, and so I see. let's say let's say for example you are writing on. Let me think of a show. a Netflix show. Um, Top Boy. That's a good right. example. No, let's not use Top Boy because then it sounds like I'm talking from. And well, I've said. Set it in now. Sunset? Edit. Is that not really a type of no, show? No, it's not scripted. Oh, um, sorry. Whoopsie. It's weird because I wanted to use another Power? show about my friends writing on. Okay, let's use Power as an yeah. example. I don't know anything of the ins and outs, but I'm sure they all have the same setup, right? Mm. Power is a show which which is returning like yeah so if someone is writing an episode of power they know that episode's going to come out it's going to get made Mm. if they say let's say for example June the 1st 2023 they write the episode of power and then that means they know within 12 months Uh. that amount that they got paid then they're getting that money again the exact same amount again because it's it's shooting and then in nine months when it then airs you're probably getting about depending on what broadcast with, let's say, 25% hypothetically. So... But the, that, the writer? Yeah, the writer oh, wow. of the episode is getting that money over and over again for, for what they've done. So... In... In that capacity, you're like, right, so you know that that's guaranteed income. And then if yeah. you then write multiple episodes, you're like, right, I'm getting paid for these episodes I've written now. Then I'm getting paid a year later. And I haven't picked up my pen again. It's because they've started shooting it. Now, what happens right. if whilst they're shooting it and you're not doing anything, you're not helping them, it's just being shot. But you might have got a new job now. And then, you know, and all of a sudden right, it's it starts to pile up. Right. And of course, when you're working, you'll get paid. You'll be getting books for more stuff because people are seeing you're producing work. You're becoming more popular and, and things like that. So, it's it's such a like gray area and something I do do, and I, I never I never, I'm I'm very transparent about it, but I'm and... transparent about it offline and privately because one of the best things that ever happened to me was, um, there was a playwright not was, is playwright called Alice Birch. She's a playwright and a screenwriter and she was my tutor on the Royal Courts Writers Group. Mm. And in our final class, she opened it up to us to, like, ask any questions you want, I'll answer as best as I can. And someone asked her about pay. And she started giving us numbers, this is why I got paid for this, this is why I got paid for that, this is why I got, and 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 if it was something she didn't know, she was like, okay, I've not done that, but I reckon this is how much you get paid for this, and I reckon this is how much you get paid for that. Mm. and. I think that transparency is so important because how can you go into a career if you don't know Mm -hmm. how much it's going to pay? How are you going to survive? Like, if a stranger off the street emailed me today and said to me, I want to be a screenwriter and I'm trying to get an understanding, I would tell them all the numbers. Like, if they ought to see my contracts, I'd probably send it to them. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But for me, it's I think in recordings, it's always that awareness of, "Mm, don't want anyone to have that to hand and be like, he said this here, he said that there. Um, But it... It, it's Because it's so grey, that's why it's a difficulty of answering the question because you could get paid as little as, you know, in the tens, like 10, 15, whatever, for a script. There's another person who's maybe earned 100 grand or plus, even more than that, out for writing a one-hour episode as well. And so this is what I mean when I say that.
0: It, it varies. It
1: varies so much. And there's so many variables that decide that
0: what's the range as, for someone starting out in and writing what's the range that they can get paid for that they, they should expect just as a just as a guide for anyone that's listening
1: i would say i'm trying to think of the most helpful answer because it there's i think even for me my start point wasn't like my start point wasn't the bottom at the point when i got my first tv Gigs of writing an episode of this, or getting my first commissions, or whatever. Mm. Tribeca had happened, and
0: so you could charge more.
1: My agent was like, "Yeah, this is his starting fee," the and then, but thankfully, all of us writers talk. So when I'm finding out my other writer appears, I'm like, "Oh right, that was your fee. Like, mm, you should try and get this because that's what I got for this." Mm. And then, and then. Mm. So that's why it's difficult because I I don't I can't remember what I can say is this. I can say that if you go on the the WGGB writers guild of great britain's website it tells you what the minimum should be right yeah. okay, okay, I, okay but i looked at it recently because i was giving someone some advice and telling them nah you need to be paid more than that and and i was like okay let's refer to that and i saw what that was and i saw it. i was like mm, no i i hear that but that is way too low mm. i would say i honestly i wouldn't it's, answer it's, it i know yeah, yeah it's but hard what it's i hard. would yeah. say is for someone starting out if they find themselves in a position where someone wants to buy a script or commission them or whatever it may be, reach out to an agent. If no agents give you the time of day, reach out to a writer, email me. Like I will give you the advice, like, because, you know, and and I feel like a lot of writers like myself would do that. Like they would give advice and be like, yeah, this, Mia, this is roughly what you should be expecting. This is what you should be asking for, because we understand that you don't know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's nothing that I I have any yeah. knowledge on or I'm not yeah. aware of. This is a completely new yeah. spectrum for me, but yeah. I'm very respectful of your time and I've realized oh, that we've good. gone way over. So I'm I've, so it's fine. I'm no, so I'm I so,
1: planned for it. So... Yeah. i I planned for it and I think I I mean, I've thank only you. I've only listened to one episode, which was your first one, just because I was curious and wanted to I was like, Oh no, this is the one I'm most interested in because it was just you. And yeah. I think that's the only one that's just you. And but I looked at the lengths of all the rest and so <laughs> I, because of that I was never like I carved out time and I was like, Yeah, so yeah, time wise, we're good. do so, Thank you so so. It probably much. played and also it probably played a part in what took so long to do this as well in terms of like, I'm someone who, I like to do things properly. Like, I, yeah. it's really important to me. And so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to be like, ah, oh, yeah i got to go. Like, do, yeah. do, do. and equally, I also, I also want to bring, like, I like I like to bring my best stuff, And I'm just, yeah. like, in the last 18 months, or there have been times which would have been terrible for me to record. Like, you wouldn't have got the version of me Sarah. that I know that I'm capable of giving. So, yeah, time-wise, I'm, it's all good. Do you
0: know what? I respect that. Like when like when there was times for context listeners as well, there, there's times where it was supposed, well, we will trying to plan a date, but I respect, I'd rather wait a year. I rather wait, and so you can you can do your best self because I'm always going to be recording. And then in my head this morning, I was thinking, I wonder if you waited to see if I was consistent or not. But no. Like, like no. I was like, I wonder if it was to see sure. is it this going to be around next? It was nothing to do with that,
1: but massive. That's the one thing that I did because that was why. Like every, you know, as you've seen, like oh, yeah. you ain't hear nothing for me for months. Yeah, and I'll send an email. Like, I'm so sorry. I knew you <laughs> want to do this thing. Like, and to me, like. That Even though I wasn't testing in any capacity, that was why I was always going to do it because I was like, no, I appreciated how this person approached me. I also appreciated there was a, a desire to accommodate me. There was understanding when, like, I would all of a sudden be like, I'm really sorry. I know I said I could do that day, but I can't do it and stuff like that. Like, there was just always... That so it was nothing to do with checking if you're gonna be. Uh, listen, I'm I, I just live like I tell people I stay in my house writing, and yeah. and for me to leave the house because I yeah I I write from home or I write from my office, but mm. majority of the time I write from home. And if I'm gonna leave the house, I'm like it's not for one thing. It's more, so I've had a meeting in the morning. I, in fact, it wasn't right. a meeting. I did a talk at a university. I've got oh, a wicked. meeting. This evening. I'm like that day has to be full, and it's not. I, I live in South. It's not like I live far. Yeah, but it's just that I. I really work hard to protect my writing time. Yeah. And so if it's going to be disrupted in any capacity, because it's the most important thing I have to do, like, uh, you know, everything else is nice. And so I'm like, yeah. right, if I'm giving my time to, whether it's meetings, whether it's this, whether it's that, let's try and get it all into the same day. Otherwise, yeah. I'm staying in my yard and writing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I appreciate it. And you yeah. know what? I, I completely understand. Yeah. And I appreciate your time as well because it's not, like, I get my schedule and we have completely different schedules, but yeah. I, I get, sometimes I look at my weeks and I say, I don't have any time until September, you know? Like, yeah. any, like time, time. Yeah. So I appreciate it I'm je- so I'm much. I'm jealous
1: of the schedule. I, I think that's, <laughs> that's what's driven me insane this year. It's been, like, now, since June, it's been... I've actually been able to have an understanding of my schedule. But the first five months of this year was so much of not knowing, knowing I had to do stuff, but not knowing when. And so Uh, I couldn't plan. I was like, I can't, like from even just socially, like seeing friends, seeing family, whatever. I'm like, guys, because the thing with me is I hate cancelling. I hate Mm. cancelling for two reasons. One, I just hate being that person. Mm. But also... It's tiring, like to then have to go in the calendar again yeah, and rearrange. And we... So for me, like I would rather just be like, no, I can't do this for the foreseeable future. But in that period, yeah. because there was so much of me knowing that I just have. To, this was all for the for the film. Mm. Knowing that I had to keep windows of time open in case I'm told. You need to do this. You need to come for this today. It's the only time it can happen. And then all of a sudden, I'm having to cancel left, right, center. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. no, I I get it and I respect it. At the end of the day, as 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 well, you don't owe me nothing. You don't owe no, 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 you don't. So who it will be wild for me to be like, are you crazy? How (laughs) could you be wild? Like who, who are you? Like life, like not not in a way to me, but in general, life. Life gets busy. Do you know what I mean? But. That being said, so what what else do you have planned? for? Th- we haven't even spoken about creative Peoples. Oh. and the, 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 the name in itself caught yeah. my eye. Like yeah. <laughs> we haven't even spoken about that. Why'd you call it that?
1: It is what it is. Yeah, man. It, it was it was the experience I was living through and still am living for. Like yeah, yeah. It it was it completely explained how I felt as a writer. Like I had all um. these scripts. Mm. just sit and still do have scripts sitting there and it was from frustration i'm like i'm frustrated that i've got all these ideas and i just want to tell my stories i just want to put it out and that's why the company then creative blue balls exist i'm like it's literally that like i've got blue balls of creativity (laughs) yeah that's that's why the company's called that it's so on the money for me
0: no it is it definitely definitely is because it it says exactly what you described it to be how i interpreted it so it makes sense and i think it
1: personifies me so much because you know, again, linking back to death. I always say to people, like, I remember years ago, ugh, it's one of the most upsetting things that's ever happened to me, and it's so silly, but I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die one day, and no matter what age it is, there will be there will be ideas which I've not written yet. And I had the ideas, that I didn't have time yeah. to write the scripts, and that upsets me so much. And that's what I mean about, like, I'm, like, constantly, and when I did this talk this morning, I said yeah. to, I was saying to someone, because I think I got asked, how do do I like sit down and come up with ideas? Mm. And I was like, that's very rare for me because I don't have time to do it as I want to do it. I always enjoy when I, the rare occasion where I can sit down, pick up a pen and pad and be like, okay, I want to come up with something new. But I was like, Mm. the majority of the time, Mm. ideas just, I've come up with three new ideas in the last two weeks and they're ideas I love and I need to email my agent about them. But for me, there's no time, I can't write that idea now. Like, none of them are getting written now because I, I've i got actual work in front of me, mm. which is meant to be that. Like That is part of the frustration. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it was, we were talking about this off air when you were like, would I ever have people write for me? Like, that is probably no, the yeah. only time where I you would You look consider, to me. Like yeah, That's probably the only time where I'd consider where I'm like, you know, maybe when I'm older, I'm like, okay, time's <laughs> wrapping up. I'm probably going to die in five years. Uh, yeah. I need to start hiring people and getting them to write these things because I'm only one man. I've only got two hands and one brain. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, do do you ever share any of your pre written ideas, or do you keep it to yourself because you don't want to take them? Some people,
1: no. I so there's the two part questions. So One, I do share. I share it with some people, who I, whether it be people I want notes from or friends who I just don't mind reading stuff. Mm. But I've I've never worried about people stealing work. It's something I let go of very early. And I, every time a writer asks me, um they ask me, oh, you know, how, how do I protect my work? Should I be worried it might be get stolen? And I always say to them, I was like, it would cost the company less to pay you than it would to steal your work. Like, as in, you know, it's it's uncanny timing with the riot strikes and everything that's going on right now, but, which is all about unfair pay, so it kind of aligns, but it would cost them far less to just, you know, they will rip you off and smile in your face by being like, oh, we love that idea, here's money, money that you'll be like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's cheaper for them to do that uh, than steal uh, your uh. idea. Uh. But also, because don't get me wrong, I it's it's a massive rarity. Ideas uh. do get stolen. Uh. But massive rarity. But also, if that's what's gonna stop you from sharing your stuff, then how are you ever gonna get stuff made? Yeah. If you're living in fear of your ideas being stolen, and so therefore you do not share your work with people yeah it's never going to get made it's never going to get seen
0: no i agree with you because the thing is i have that fear as well with like business and yeah. like with what i plan to do with yeah. what i'm doing and everything and i do share it and i've seen more benefits come from that because someone yeah. will just say oh you should go to this event or you should speak to mm-hmm. this person because you told me about this idea you want to do i'm like this is this is what i like mm-hmm. putting out the energy and you're coming back to me with great stuff so that's why i feel like it's good but there are yeah. people that are a bit more skeptical and sharing ideas but on um, on that note, what's um what's what's the latest? So I know you you mentioned some things you're working on, yeah. this um, but what's what can we expect from you going forwards?
1: So before the end of this year, my short film, Chasing the Night, I will have a screening of it. I know when in my head, but I'm not telling I've told one person. Okay. And I'm not telling anyone because I don't wanna jinx it. <laughs> but okay, okay. that's the date which I'm like, we're gonna screen the film on that date. Like it, yeah, that date, it's gonna be ready. Is it
0: being filmed at the moment?
1: No, we shot in the first week of the year. Oh, so it's also, like I you the, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. It's all,
0: so, it's, yeah, it's yeah, so, all so the, it's all edit, done. Yeah, it's
1: all the, it's just music and sound that's oh, all that's left. Everything else is done. Okay. but music and sound. We're okay. halfway through both music and sound. Okay, so we're nearly there. So I'll have a screening of that towards the end of the year, um, and that the hope and the prayer is that it will have a festival run, um, beginning next year. Okay, um, I know which festival I wanted to hold premiere in, so I'm just committing all my prayers to that. So it won't be online for a very long time. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that. And then in the TV and film space, so I am right. I mentioned I'm writing two films. One of them is for Film Four and a production company called Greenacre. Greenacre did Riches as well. Mm-hmm. So I've been writing a film for them called Teacher and I. Um, and then I've got this other film I'm writing which is just for myself until I'm ready for my agent to do something with it. Mm. And then on the TV side, I mentioned South London I Love You, which I've created with John and Femi. Mm. Um, we'll see hopefully someone says yes to it and we can keep proceeding with that we've been developing it for a very long time so we'd we'd all be so happy if it gets to where we want it to get to Um, and then I've been writing I've been writing another tv script for myself which is the one that's currently being sent around and then I've been writing another tv treatment for a production company and then other than that it's just dipping in and out of a few different projects and writing for different companies and stuff like that. But it's mostly been developing the things that I have commissioned and and just trying to get them to that place, like I'm like, right, mm. I want this to just focus on this and get this there and get it to the next step and mm. stuff like that. But, into, you know, when, what people always want to know is when can we see something As so I'm like the short film that is definitely the next thing that people will be able to see mm. um, when the screening is happening it will be all over my social media so. so can
0: people buy tickets to it or no? yeah no people will be able to okay. buy tickets yeah. okay, people perfect.
1: To, I, I feel like they'll sell out very quickly um, and I'm not just saying that I just I was doing the numbers this week because I was just considering alright well cast and crew need to be there there's a lot of people to thank mm. who will get given tickets mm. and 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 then there's the production company and film yeah. forward, and then I'm like, once you get and once you get into all of that, plus friends and family, I'm like, well, I don't really, know, which is a nice blessing to have. Yeah, but that's People amazing. will be able to buy tickets, but I I feel like it will sell out very quickly, which is a good problem to have. But that's There won't fan- be more than one screening. Fan- okay, that be
0: that that <laughs> be fantastic. Well, yeah. if you, I think everyone should follow you on socials. So feel free to announce so on my
1: socials. Um, Legend. That's me on Instagram. It's me on Twitter. It will be there. Um, on thread as well. I'm on threads. I've not used it yet, I but I, I, I signed it. up immediately because I was like, right, let me just have it there. Yeah. Sure, it is. I'm, I, I don't, I just, so one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not here for, like, I, I love Twitter. I've used Twitter since 2009. It's my favorite social media platform by far. Mm. Love it to bits. And I have no strong interest in, like, it's like when Snapchat. And then Instagram brought Instagram Stories, and then at the beginning, people just started posting the same thing on both. I'm not gonna do that. Dude, yeah, I'm you like, use so wife. I haven't figured out what I want to say on Fred's, but I when I decide that I have something to say on it, <laughs> I, will <laughs> start, I will start using it. Yeah, but I don't want to use it for for um, the for purpose for? of yeah, like oh, I'm just gonna post the same things. That's
0: the thing, love. It's, it's 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 awkward because when I was on Fred's this week, I was I tapped out something about five, six times and I deleted it because I was like, I don't know, because do it's Instagram people, are they yeah. going to care? Because yeah. I like on Twitter, I'm just like very yeah. free, like, oh, guys, got a parking ticket today yeah. or whatever. And then today, I literally messaged saying I've got a speeding fine but I was like, yeah. no one cares unless it's that's Instagram people. Mm. So, I <laughs> like, I, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know how, yeah, how yeah. that's going to I mean,
1: go. I've got a really good relationship with the people at met and I know soon they're going to be like, mm. so we can start using friends and I'm like, it'll happen, <laughs> but yeah it'll happen at some point maybe or maybe it won't as well because again funnily enough one of my friends who used to be on Twitter and he's not anymore he's been off it for a few years uh. and we were with each other at the start of the week and he was saying to me oh the other day I was actually going to post on threads where the fuck is Abe and I was just thinking and I was thinking why are you on threads like because you left like I, I don't get what. no offence to threads I don't get why you left Twitter and you made he didn't make like a big public announcement about it but in terms of like the conversations we've had. Mm. To me, I don't understand, therefore, why you're on threads. I think, actually, you should probably be back on Twitter. Yeah, instead... If, if, right? Like, I don't understand. But, yeah, I I don't know. I'll use it at some point. When when there's something to say. Like, I think that is a big thing for me in general. In, mm. in, in work, in life. I, I just I only want to talk when I have something to say. Yeah. I like, always um, have to say something. Like, okay. someone... Yeah, this this is this is the second podcast I've done this year, and and if you'd asked me to do it this year, I'd have said no. It's only because it was from last year. Oh really? Uh, Why? I ain't got nothing to say. Well, well, that's a lie because I haven't got I I haven't got anything to say that I don't think isn't already out there. there. Got you. Yeah. So like when my film is ready, ready, so actually that's why this works as good timing because we're getting close to the point where the film is ready. So now I'm actually like talking freely about it in a way that I might not have done for example if we talked if we talked 3 or 4 months ago right um and and so of all the ta- of all the requests I've had there was only one I said yes to and it was because I loved it was it was I loved what she was doing it was it's mm. a podcast called Black Prose mm. um and it's black british writers and
0: uh, I just amazing that's that's a that was yeah. it. I was
1: like I loved that this was your content and black british writers from a variety of mediums so she has right. songwriters she has and, and that was why that was like yeah I'm I'm in kind of thing yeah and, yeah yeah that makes yeah. sense
0: well thank you for still honouring and because no, like, you course. could have just ghosted me and I probably would have forgot not forgot but I probably just would have like how
1: your um, you know John I didn't even ask
0: school actually ah, we went, yeah. went so you're to, from South as well yeah, yeah. we went to Andrew's together from Croydon oh, nice. where in South are you from Woolwich Oh yeah, you did mention yeah. that. So you're from the other end, even yeah. though I've I've transferred over to Greenwich now. I'm in Greenwich. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nicer. Sorry, Croydon people. I <laughs> it's, it's, it's I love it is nicer. <laughs> but um, but thank you so much you're again. Welcome. Thank you
1: for having me. I'm really grateful that you wanted me on, and um, yeah. It's appreciate
0: okay. You. And for trusting the platform, knowing that, you know, I wasn't gonna grill you or embarrass you. So.
1: Well, I had no way of knowing that, but like I said, I listened to the first episode, and it was, I really enjoyed that as well because. It, yeah, I I respectfully know nothing about you, and so I learned all right. about you through that. And yeah, I really enjoyed hearing about your journey and hearing exactly. about your journey through day. And I I'm really nosy, so I paused it and ended up going on LinkedIn to figure out the ones which you weren't mentioning. Uh. Like, oh, what's, what's that one? Like, I know, what's, what's that tech company <laughs> Do it. But yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and, and yeah, I, I think again when I read your email on the show I just liked what you were doing, and that's you yeah, know it's it's as simple as that. So yeah, why well don't you for this platform? And well well done for what you're doing great. for our community?
0: appreciate it thank you thank you and for those that are listening please do share this episode don't keep it to yourself especially if you've got this far and you've enjoyed it